Today, we're continuing our series called Multiply. And last week, we talked about the principle of multiplication. Everything God created, he created to multiply. Uh, The birds, the plants, people, Christians, we've been called to multiply. God is actively recruiting and he's enlisting spiritual multipliers. Amen. Because that's who he is. That's the DNA of who the Lord is. He multiplies stuff. The reason why he created seeds was for multiplication. The reason why he created male and female was for multiplication. The reason why he created believers was for multiplication. Amen. But according to Jesus, the problem is there aren't enough of us spiritually multiplying. There's the problem. He said, there's not enough. And this is what he said in Matthew 9, 37. He said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers or the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest. In other words, pray and ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. Now, last weekend, we talked about uh, three keys to being spiritual multipliers. And I, I just want to recap real quick. Number one, we said you got to be willing. You got to be willing to be a How many of you are willing to be a multiplier? You're willing to touch somebody's life. And, you know, I just glanced over there, saw Brother Francis. Brother Francis is working out at Reds now uh, on a regular basis. And um, but he's also building the kingdom at Reds. And and he's like rabbi. And he sits with these guys at Reds and and just just loves on them and shares with them. And, and so he's multiplying the kingdom while he's out there at Reds. Amen. And Jesus said in Matthew four nineteen, and he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. By the way. Miss Babs is a multiplier, too, because she's in a sewing group. And so she's loving up on her sewing, uh, sewing students. And she's telling them about Jesus. Amen. But Jesus said this. This is what he said. Follow me and I will make you what saints fishers of men. I will make you fishers of men. If we're just willing, Jesus said, I'll teach you how to do this. I'll teach you how to do this. Just be willing. John 6, 44, it says no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him. These are words in red. This is what Jesus said. Nobody can come to the Father unless the Spirit draw them. Now, how many of you know that the Spirit of God is drawing people today, right now, in Lafayette, in Acadiana, the God, the Spirit of God is drawing people. He's softening people's heart. He's giving people more of a hunger, more of a thirst for the things of God. Amen? Right now as we speak, God is on the move and He's working in people's life. Now, the question is, who is that? That's where faith comes in. You got to trust God. You got to keep spiritual ears and eyes open. Say, Lord, where are you working? Amen. And so um, uh, a second key to being spiritual multiplies is first, you got to be willing. Second, you got to be normal. You got to be normal. Remember last week we said, hey, don't be weird. Be normal. Sometimes we're just way too weird, you know, and, and non-believers say, man, what's all this Christianese they're using? Talking about the blood of Jesus and sanctification and justification and, you know, all this stuff. But sometimes, look, it just takes uh, don't be overly spiritual. Just be genuine. Just be real, because that's really what people are looking for. Amen. Can I get a better amen out there? Don't be critical. Don't be judgmental because, you know, the world, you know, if you ask non-Christians what, what their, their, their perspective of Christians, a lot of times they say Christians are overly critical and they're very judgmental. And, and so sometimes we're too quick to point out people's faults and people's sins, but we need to quit being so fault finding and we need to just start loving people in a greater way. Amen. First Corinthians nine says 21, when the he, uh, when with the heathen, Paul said this, when with the heathen, I agree with them as much as I can, except, of course, that I must always do what is right as a Christian. 
And so by agreeing, I can win their confidence and help them too. When I am with those um, whose consciences bother them easily, I don't act as though I know it all. And I don't say they are foolish. The result is that they're willing to let me help them. Yes, whatever a person is like, I try to find common ground with him so that he will let me tell him about Christ and let Christ save him. Folks, there's a sermon right here in these few verses of Scripture that I just read. I encourage you, this is in the True Living Bible. Go look up these verses, 1 Corinthians 9, 21 and 23, and meditate on that for a little while, and that'll help you be a better fisherman for Jesus. Amen? You know what I think Paul was saying? He was saying, hey, I try to act as normal as possible so I don't appear weird and I'm, I get their confidence and their trust and they let me tell them about Jesus. Amen. And then finally, you know, if there be a multiplier, we got to be friendly. Proverbs 18, 24 says a man who has friends must himself be friendly. So reaching people for Christ all begins by being friendly. It means, hey, listen, remember, if uh, if you're just friendly, people will want to be around you. You remember I said last week, if people don't like you, you're not going to influence them. If your people don't like your personality and you're harsh and hard and cruel and, you know, you're just caustic, they're not going to want to buy into your gospel. Amen. Come on. I need a better. Amen. You know, listen, in 1930s, Dale Carnegie wrote a classic book called How to Win Friends. And influence people. And Dale said in that book, he said, we can all influence people, people, if we'll just learn how to be more kind, loving, polite, and courteous. Amen. That's all we need to do. And so sometimes the only reason we aren't producing spiritual fruit is because we're not friendly enough and we're just acting too weird spiritually. Amen. So come on, let's relax. Let's just go out there and love people and we're going to make a difference. Amen. How many of y'all believe that? Hey, listen. Yeah, come on. We got a little short video to kind of help you understand what we're talking about here. So check this out. So you get some bread there. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I'm out of bread. You ever heard of the bread of life? The the what? Bread of life? Uh, no, is is that a brand? Oh, it's a brand. Yeah, from heaven. What? Just come down to Bonton. My church is having a little shindig. What's Bonton? What is? You ever heard of Bonton? No. Well. We're going to do a few physical activities, get together, dance with chairs, doing some racing. Blah, blah. I'm going to be praying the whole time, so it doesn't really matter. So, should come down. Yeah, yeah, that, that's cool, man. I, I might check that out. So, you you going to come? Yeah, I, I, I might come, man. It's, uh, it's, when is it? It's March 15th, 2015. The okay. year of the Lord. 
the year, what? The year of the Lord is coming. I don't know what that means, but cool. Uh, okay. Yeah, man, I, I, I might, I might check it out. Uh, I just, you know, I'm shopping. So. Cool, man. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. For uh, hungry souls. What? You know what I'm saying? Who? Like, oh, like hungry people, like the, the starving, no. poor people. Spirits. Dude, what are you talking about? You know what I'm saying? No, I, I don't. Yeah, man, I, I just I just need some bread. I need bread of life. Yeah, I know. You, you said that earlier. And this water's expensive. Oh yeah? Well I know where you can find free water. Really? Yeah. Let me ask you this. Have you ever had water flowing from your belly? Like a virus? No! It's Bonton. Is that a store? No. It's the best event outside of heaven. Really? Chubby carrier? Pie eating contest? Sack race? All those natural things. All right. Oh, go, go ahead, man. Yeah. Thanks. You're not gonna invite me to some event, huh? No, no. You? No. That same guy's been inviting you? Oh, yeah. It's so weird. I know. Weird. Yes. I, all, I just want to get some groceries. That's, you know, that's some, all I want. Some fish. fish. Really yeah, fish. Some bread and stuff. Yeah, you know. Absolutely. Mind if I borrow you two fish with my five loaves of bread? I've got to feed over a thousand people at Bon Ton. Dude. Huh? Lord, we bless this bread now. Lord, we bless this bread in the name of the Lord. Amen. Guys, Bon Ton's not today, it's March 15th. Bread of life, manna from on high. Bon on, March 15th. <laughs> all right, that's not how to win friends and influence people, all right? Y'all got it? If you got it, say, I got it. Amen. Listen, remember when Jesus walked up to the fig tree? Remember he walked up to the fig tree and what did he do to it? He cursed it. Why? Because it was unfruitful, right? The Bible says in Matthew 20, 18, in the morning as Jesus returned to Jerusalem, he was hungry. When he noticed a fig tree beside the road, he went over to see if there were figs, but there were only leaves. Then he said to it, may you never bear fruit again. And immediately the fig tree dried up. 
Why did Jesus curse the fig tree? Because the fig tree wasn't doing what God created it to do, which was produce fruit. Amen. Jesus said in Matthew 15, 16, you did not choose me. I chose you and sent you out to produce fruit, the kind of fruit that will last. How many of you know God created us all to be multiplies? Amen. And so listen, we've been chosen by Jesus. He decided that we would be part of his kingdom, right? So he wouldn't have chosen us if he didn't think we could be fruit producers. So why is it so important to be fruit producers? Let me give you three reasons. Number one, the more spiritual fruit we produce, the more the Lord is glorified and the more the loss are appealed with Christianity. How many of you know that you can be, you can make Christianity appealing or you can make it non-appealing? How many of you know that? But listen what Matthew 15 or John 15, 8 says. When you become fruitful disciples of mine, my father will be honored. I, how many of you want to honor the Lord? I know everybody wants to honor the Lord, right? And listen, if you realize what Jesus did for you, you want to honor him. And so whenever we fruit producers, we honor the Lord. The more appealing Christianity is to the lost whenever you produce fruit. In Matthew 5, 13, Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. Now, what, did, what do you use salt for? Whenever you have something that's not very palatable, you put salt on it. It makes it more palatable. It makes it more flavorable, right? And that's what we are. We are salt to the world. We make Christianity more palatable. In verse 16 of Matthew uh, 5 or 14, he says, you are the light of the world, a city set on a hill. Verse 16, he said, let your light shine in a way. And then in verse, at the end of the verse, he says that they may see your good works and honor or glorify your father in heaven. So when we allow good works to be a part of our lives, it honors the Lord and people see goodness in God and they're interested in serving God. You know, what was it that made you consider Christianity is because somebody lived it out. Somebody told you about it and somebody lived it out and made you a believer in it because you saw Christianity before you. Is that right, saints? You know, first Corinthians 11, one says this, Paul said, and you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. Now, how many of you would be willing to tell your children act like me and you're going to be a good Christ follower? How many of you would be willing to tell your co-workers, act like me, and you're going to be a good Christ follower? Isn't that pretty bold of Paul to say, just imitate me. Just follow my example, and you're going to know what it's like to be a Christ follower. You know, I believe that the world is hungry for good examples of what it means to live the Christian life. Amen? The world is hungry for it. And I believe... The more fruit we produce, the more Christ-likeness we possess, the more Christianity is going to be appealing to those that are not yet Christians. Amen? A second reason we should strive to produce more fruit is not only do we make Christianity more appealing, but number two, the more Christians will be motivated to serve. You know, God not only wants us to be an encouragement and motivation to the lost, but he also wants to, us to encourage one another. Amen. Listen to this verse. First Thessalonians chapter one and verse six and seven says, so you receive the message with joy from the Holy Spirit in spite of the severe suffering it brought you. In this way, you imitated both us and the Lord. As a result, you have become an example to all the believers in Greece throughout both Macedonia and Achaia. 
You know what he was saying? He was saying, listen, Paul was telling the Thessalonian believers, hey, great job. Because you're a great example of what it truly means to be a Christian. Listen, because of that, many were inspired throughout the world in Greece and in in all these different parts, Macedonia, Achaia. These people have been motivated to not give up on their faith, even though it gets tough. You have motivated them to keep walking with the Lord. Amen. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25 says, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another all the more as you see the day appearing. How many of you know every Christian needs to be encouraged and we encourage one another. So let's live our lives in a way. Listen, let let me ask you a question. Whenever you find out somebody that maybe even led you to the Lord or somebody that you've been that has been an example for you of Christianity fall by the wayside. What does that do to you? It discourages you. It knocks your faith down. Anytime somebody who has been an example of Christianity doesn't live the Christian life, it's a demotivator for other people around them. But on the other hand, isn't it powerful whenever you're watching like the Olympics or, you know, or, or you know, uh, the Super Bowl and somebody that, that is a great player or is the one that wins the game gets on national television and says, I first want to give glory and honor to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Doesn't that motivate you? I mean, it just makes you want to go play football, or play basketball and give glory to God. Amen. But hey, listen, some of you. Don't don't count on it. I mean, you're going to be like you're not going to be a national uh, an NFL player. But how about we give glory and honor wherever we live? How about right there in our neighborhood? How about right there where we work? Amen. And you say, well, they're Christians already. But hey, how about we're a good example? How about we're a positive example of Christianity? Come on. Are y'all with me out there? Listen, how many of you heard about what happened uh, in Syria recently? where all these Egyptian Christians were martyred for their faith. Have you heard of that? I have a picture here. If you hadn't seen it, you know, I, I, I debated whether I wanted to do this. But, you know, I think it's important that we see this church. You see this line of people in the orange suits there? They gave their life for their faith. They hunted down Christians. This is ISIS. And they martyred these guys. Why? Because of their faith. Now, whenever I think about that and I see that, what is my empty excuse of not living my life for Jesus Christ? Come on, say amen. Say, that's right, Todd. That's right, Todd. What's your excuse? What's your excuse? I wonder if anybody is being encouraged around me. I mean, whenever you see that, you got to be encouraged. You got to be encouraged that, Their faith is so strong that they're willing to lay down their lives. You know where this happened is exactly where the Bible was written. The area where Jesus walked. And there's people shedding their blood. How many of you know God's not going to waste one of their lives? That God is going to use that as seeds that multiplies the kingdom of God. And it's going to explode across the world. Amen. Including right here in Lafayette. Amen. But ask yourself this question. Who is being encouraged in their faith because of the example that I am to them? Amen. Amen. Finally, the third reason we should strive to live fruitful lives is the more other Christians will be inspired to live fruitful lives. Right. Have you ever been inspired by something somebody else is doing? 
You know, I, I, I chuckle sometimes. You know, we're, we're in March, and in March is March Madness, which is college playoffs, you know. And uh, all the college teams, they start playing in these tournaments, and it's called March Madness. There's like so many games all over the, the United States. And then finally you get to the, you know, the 32 and the Sweet 16, and then, you know, the, the Elite Eight, and then the Final Four, and then the championship. But you know, every time March Madness happens, you can see on basketball courts all over the, all over town, man, they got these players out there and they're playing like, man, they got, they're getting ready to win the national championship. They're trying to dunk the ball and they can't get off the ground and, but they've been watching March Madness and they've been seeing all these players playing like crazy and they get inspired to go out there on the basketball court and act like them players. Amen. Well, how many of you know, whenever you just do something for Jesus, you can inspire somebody around you to do something for Jesus. Amen. And so whenever you live a fruitful life, not only do you make Christianity more appealing to the lost and you and you also uh, encourage those that are in the faith already, but you also motivate others to live fruitful lives. Amen. Come on. How many of you want to be fruitful? God wants us to be fruitful because we're going to make a difference. Now, the important question is, is my life producing the kind of fruit that's making a difference in other people's lives? And if not, why not? If God created me to be a fruitful multiplier and I'm not, what's the problem? Then God loses power? Did God lose his, his ability? Is the problem on God's side or is the problem on our side? How many of you would say the problem is on our side? Amen. So then the question is, is how do you produce more fruit? What does it take to produce more fruit? Why is there such a shortage of spiritual producers? Well, Jesus said to answer that question, why he said, really, only one in four people are going to be a fruit producer. Only one in four. And he told this parable about this farmer that went out and sowed seed. And he said, this farmer went and sowed his seed. And while he was sowing his seed, you know, a couple of things happened. Some seed fell on the path, the footpath, and then the birds came and ate that seed. Then he said there was some other seed that fell on rocky places. And then because of the soil being so shallow, it didn't really get rooted. It didn't get a good rooted system. And when the sun came out, it scorched and the plant died. And then the third seed, he said, some seed fell among the thorns. And when the thorns grew up, it just choked out that seed. And then finally, he said, there was some seed that fell on good soil. And that seed produced a crop 160 and 30 fold. So now if you follow that, Jesus used this, this parable to explain why only one in four people produce fruit in their lives. The first reason people don't produce fruit in their lives is Because some people have never accepted the message of the gospel. How many of you know it takes more than just hearing the message to be fruitful? you got to accept it. And and Jesus explained the parable. Matthew 13, 8, he said, Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the seed sown among the path. So you can't begin producing spiritual fruit in your life until you really surrender your life to Christ. You can produce fruit. You can be kind. You can give money to somebody. You can 
you know, give money to the person with a sign that says, I'll work for food. You can produce some fruit, but not eternal lasting fruit. Before you can produce fruit, Jesus said you got to be born again, right? But number two, the second seed, the second reason only one in four live spiritually fruitful lives is some people have never taken the time to grow their faith. They never, they've never made it a priority. In Matthew 13 and verse 20, Jesus said the second seed, the one who received the seed that fell in rocky places is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. That's a great word right there. Verse 21, but since he has no root, he lasts only a short time. And listen, when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. So what Jesus is saying is if you don't take time to grow your faith, you're not going to be fruitful. When you go through trouble or persecution, it's going to, it's going to make you, uh, ineffective in your Christian walk. And how many of you experienced trouble or persecution since you've been serving Jesus? Everybody. Jesus said in the world, you're going to have trouble, right? So it's inevitable. So listen, if you don't want to get discouraged, and disillusion and bitter when you go through trials and tribulations and you get persecuted. Listen, whenever I was smoking grass, everybody thought I was fine. As soon as I started going to church, they said, oh, he's in a cult. All of a sudden, why y'all get on my back? I'm telling you, I'm in better shape now. But they couldn't see that. They started persecuting me. They're going to persecute you too. But the question is, Have you taken the time to grow your faith? It takes spiritual growth to come become a spiritual reproducer. It's not the shallow. It's not the just, you know, the occasional church attender, right? That's why we have spiritual growth classes, because we want you to grow. Amen. Love, grow, reach. So I encourage you, if you've never been to the growth, make it a priority. Get in because we want to help you grow. That's why we make small groups available because you need to be discipled. You need to learn. You're not going to learn enough just once a, a week on in church on Sunday. Amen. Come on. You need to go to college. Amen. You need to go to school with Christ. You got to learn more and you're going to get stronger and stronger. Amen. That's why we're having a water baptism this Wednesday. To give people a chance to not just say they're a follower of Christ, but to act like a follower of Christ and obey his commandment to be baptized. Amen. It's so that people can grow spiritually. Y'all with me out there? So I want to encourage you. Don't uh, don't take your your faith for granted and don't settle for just barely being a Christian. Grow your faith. Strengthen your faith. So when you go through trials and tribulations and persecution, you're going to be able to stand the trial. And people are going to see your life and they're going to want what you have because they're going to say there's something about them that's different than everybody else. Amen. Now, the third seed, third reason one in four live spiritually fruitful lives is some people have become too distracted with the worries and blessings of life. What? You think wor- you think me worrying is going to make me unfruitful? Yes. You think me getting blessed financially is going to make me be unfruitful? Yes. Jesus said this, Matthew 13, 22. The one who received the seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it and make it unfruitful. 
You know, really, all that needs to happen to keep us from being unfruitful for the Lord is this. Get a lot of things to worry about. Now, how many of you got a few things you can worry about? Come on, if you have children or grandchildren, you got a few there. If you got a job and you got to make a paycheck, you got a few there. Amen. If you breathe, you got a few there, right? I mean, how many of you know they got a, a million and one reasons why you can worry? But if you worry, you become a worry ward, you're going to be unfruitful. Amen. But also, all you need to do is prosper, be blessed, financially blessed. Things are going well because you're going to buy stuff. And then you're going to be too busy on the weekend to come to church because you're going to be cleaning up your stuff. Oh, you, you, bought, you spent all that money on that stuff. You got to use that stuff. Jesus, just hang on a while. I'm blessed right now. Come on, y'all with me out there? He said the deceitfulness of riches. I don't need God. I got all the money I need. That's deceit. That's deceit. All the money in the world can't get you into heaven. Amen. So life's worries and life's wealth can keep you from being a fruitful Christian. Do you know right now in America, the percentage of converts across the nation, it's not keeping up with the population growth. The population is growing more than there are converts growing. In other words, relative to population growth, Christianity is shrinking. You say, oh yeah, but look, they got these churches and they've been, they got thousands of people. But as a whole... Population is growing quicker than Christianity. And you know, it's amazing because this is the, this is the, the plight of America. But yet America is the most prosperous nation in the world. Maybe it has something to do. The reason why church, the, the church has not grown as fast as the population is because we're preoccupied. We're preoccupied. We're not taking this serious enough. Uh, Tony and her, I heard somebody say that. You know, listen, the, the, uh, the uh, communists, and, and you see the ISIS, they're growing. They're growing quick. And their cause is really not worth a whole bunch. But they're so committed to it. And the church has got the best message there is. And if we will just get committed to it, there's no telling what could happen to the church right here in Lafayette and in Acadiana. Amen. Come on. Somebody said the church is a sleeping giant. If it ever wakes up, the devil is in trouble. Come on, church. Let's wake up. Amen. Amen. And finally, we'll close with this. The fruit, the, the one in four, the reason why one in four are truly not living a fruitful life is that the fruitful the one out of the four, the fruitful one, are those who hear, understand, and follow God's spiritual calling. In Matthew 5, or 13, 23, the last seed, Jesus said, the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it, and he produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. Did you catch that? The man who hears the word and understands it, he produces. Now, what is it about hearing the word and understanding that causes it to, for him to produce fruit? I believe what it is, is that he gets it. He gets his purpose. You know, listen, the tomato plant produces tomatoes. You know, listen, the mockingbird produces mockingbirds. Amen. And it, it's on fast track, man. They just do it. Rabbits. 
exponentially, right? They produce exponentially. Christians, we're distracted. We're distracted. We're preoccupied. Come on, we worried about whether we worried about whether it should be blue or white. Amen. Come on. Well, it's a little bit too cold, a little bit too hot. Come on, gang. It's time for us to get in the game. We are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. You and I can make a difference. Amen. Come on, we can make a difference. Hey, we might not be able to change the whole world, but bless God, we can change a little bit. Amen. How many of you willing to be a a, a fruit producer and multiply? Amen. I believe you are. Why don't you stand with me? Let's close in prayer. Listen. I want to, how many of you believe that you could produce fruit? Just think about this with me. If everybody in this room could listen, could win a lost person. Do you realize how much the kingdom of God would just grow in this town? If just all of us in this room could reach one person, how many of you believe we can do it? We could do it. How many of you believe we can do it? Okay. Let's listen. There's doubt and there's faith. Doubt don't believe God. Faith believes God. How many of you believe you can do it? All right. That's better. That's better. Come on, you got to believe. You got to believe. Now, listen, I know you said, I know you were supposed to say, I can. I know that's what you're supposed to say. The right answer is, hey, the right answer is say, I can. But listen, come on, how many of you can receive this in your spirit? Jesus made you a producer. How about we go to work with our eyes open? How about we go in our neighborhood with our eyes open? Say, God, I know you're working on somebody around me. And you created me to be a producer. Come on, how many of you willing? How many of you willing? Don't be weird. Just be willing. Just be genuine. Just be real. Amen. Hey, listen, I believe if we'll just say, Lord, I'm willing, God will set us up. God will divinely set us up. Amen. Y'all believe that? Come on, listen, March 15th, we're going to have bon temps. Right? And we're going to give out the bread of life and the waters of life out of your belly. Amen. Come on, how many of you have somebody that you could invite? Come on, we can make a difference, amen? Hey, listen, the reason why we're doing this whole thing is so that we can win people. Listen, if you're young, if you're college age, junior high, senior high, we're going to have an echo conference. Come on, man, tell them, come with me. Come with me, I'm going. Come with me. I believe we can make a difference. I believe we can make it. Listen, and then just a few weeks from now is Easter Sunday. Some people, the only time they ever go to church is Easter Sunday and Christmas. Hey, whenever I went to church, it was around Easter time. That's why I went to church. Amen. Come on, how many of you willing? Would you right there where you are, just close your eyes for just a moment. And let's ask the Lord. We can't do this without him. We can't do this without him. Let's just ask him. How many of you just just say today, man, I'm willing. I'm willing to be used of God. I'm willing. I'm going to be just, just tell the Lord right there where you are. I'm willing, Lord. Give me spiritual eyes to see. God, if I'm being too weird, help me to be more normal. If I'm being too spirit, overly spiritual and critical, help me, Lord, to be more loving and compassionate. God, give me spiritual eyes to see. Father, I pray today, God, there's enough people in this room to make a huge difference right here in our city. 
God, I know that only one in four, but Lord, I believe because you multiply, you can make this church a church full of multiplies. Lord, like a garden, like a, like a garden, like a cornfield. Every one of us is a seed that can multiply over and over again. And I pray right now by faith, I release my faith in believing that this church will be a church that is multiplying over and over again. Spiritual fruit, Lord, that'll be an encouragement to the lost and encouragement to believers. And Lord, we will be a motivator to those around us to do something great for the kingdom and for the glory of God. Amen. Amen. Now listen, one last thing. If you're here today and you say, Todd, I'm not even a Christian. I am not even, I don't believe if I go to, if I die today, I'm going to heaven, but I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. Would you pray for me? If that's you, just lift your hand right now. Just lift, if you're serious, you're genuine, just lift your hand. Listen, Jesus died. For you, just lift your hand. Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. There you go, ma'am. Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. This is why Jesus died. Anybody else? Come on. Would you do me a favor? You two ladies, would you slip out of the pew and come right down here? There's some fruit right here. See? While I've been speaking, the Lord has been drawing. Anybody else? Come on. If God's drawing you, just respond. Just over here. Come on. Come down. Come down. Come on, come down. This is God. This is God's invitation. You don't have to be on the outside. You can be on the inside. He died for you, just for you. And God wants to change your life. Amen. See, the birds, the enemies trying to snatch the seed out of your heart right now. Don't let the enemy win. Don't say let Satan win. If God is drawing you, come on, just respond. Amen. Amen. Would you just bow your head with me? God is so pleased with the decision that you're making here today. Say this with me, Lord Jesus. I know that I'm a sinner. Lord, I know you forgive. Would you forgive me? Would you wash my sins away? I want to be a Christian. I want to live for you. Help me, Jesus, to live the Christian life and to be a fruit-producing Christian. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Y'all ready to go? Lord, I pray the blessing and favor of the Lord over the people of God today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless. Let's go do it. Come on. Let's go do it for the Lord.